Welcome back to your Valley Sports Plug Roundtable. It is Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Chris Patrick, joined as always by my man, Mr. Michael Benjamin. How you doing tonight, bro? Chris, I ain't got nothing to prove, man. You already know me. I'm a max player kind of guy. What's going on, dude? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm glad you made it. I know those those roads were icy. It was a little uncertain there for a second. We tried to send the team to pick you up, but we're going to do this from our houses, so no worries. No worries there, but man, uh, plenty to talk about. We got NFL Conference Championship weekend coming up. There's only four teams left. Um, we got some NBA news stirring, the NBA early trade deadline moves that have been happening just a couple weeks left before we get to that deadline and a lot of rumors swirling as well. A lot of people thinking the Suns might make a move and there's some controversy around that. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, this week has been a crazy week in the NBA. Despite all that news, there was a scoring barrage that went down on Monday, highlighted by Joel Embiid scoring 70 points breaking a franchise record for the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as Kevin Durant having back-to-back 40-plus point games. So very exciting there locally as well as nationally. And there's a broader conversation, I think, to be had there about the current state of the NBA. But we'll get into all that first. We got to introduce our special guest this evening. Joining us once again, I think he's going to become a regular on the show. You know him. You love him. Mr. T Jr. What's up, gentlemen? How you guys doing? Doing great, man. No, no, uh, no, Junior Tallman. I mean, you're Mr. T Junior, but we got a uh, baby T, uh, VSP Tallman, as you guys might know him. Uh, he's got to do some studying tonight. He's got a, a big, big day tomorrow, so we'll we'll give him the pass. But he'll be back before you know it. But guys, why don't we just you know go ahead and get into it? I know this is supposed to be our round table, but it's looking more like a triangle right now. Um, <laughs> it's all good though. We're gonna have some fun, you know it means we'll just get to talk some more and uh, keep it casual as always as we do on these roundtables. Just shoot the shit, whatever comes to your mind, let's spit it out. Anyone listening back on the live stream, watching or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we thank you so much for being here. Make sure you like and subscribe, leave a comment, and let us know what you want to see, what you think of what we're saying, and we're going to keep it pushing, man. Um, Got this beautiful backdrop. You guys might have seen it in our uh, last heat check podcast episode 25 we're doing them live well we're not doing them live we're recording them we're getting the video out there for you now so you guys should do them live to be candid god that would be that's what we do these for man because it gets could get a little crazy i mean i guess we could we could do it live but we did we do it we sneak a few cuts in there you know so maybe an intermission here or there VSP uh, Tallman wouldn't feel as comfortable if we did it oh, live. God. How about that? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you could you couldn't do that. You'd have to have some sort of kill switch with him or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> nah, he gets uh, he gets going. That fool's he's fun. He's a Chris, fun guy, man. Absolutely. But Chris, I think it looks like you did ha- add somebody up there. Who who is that Funko Pop you got up in, oh, the, right. in the corner? Right yeah, here. Who is that? Because, I mean, we do Valley sports, you know, we talk about national sports, but we also got pop culture, right? So that is, um, fuck, why, I'm spacing on his name. He's a character from my favorite anime, Sword Art Online. Okay. Kirito, Kirito is his name. So um, there you go. If you're into anime, check it I out. Got, I got one. I got Ron Swanson right here. Ron Swanson. How about there that? There you go. I have Connor McGregor on my desk at work. <laughs> I haven't I haven't brought in any trinkets into work yet because I, I started a little bit ago and I'm like, I uh, nah, I only nah, wait till I'm in a permanent spot maybe before I start decorating the desk. 
but yeah, man, I'm, I'm good eye, man. I wasn't sure if you would notice that. I snuck him in there when I was setting up. But uh, of course, we got Randy. Randy. Um, we got Connie Hawkins. He got snapped off at the ankles, but we hot glued him back together. So he's back and better than ever. Book, you can't tell, but Book had an arm surgery. He, he had lost his arm, uh, <laughs> had completely fallen off, but we got that glued back in there too. So we're we're doing good. The, 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 the bobbleheads are doing good, man. But let's open up. Let's talk about the NFL, man. Plenty of things going on. And we will talk about the NFC, or I'm sorry, the NFL Conference Championship. Well, that does include the NFC Conference Championship game, of course. But wanted to start with some uh, late breaking news here that just broke in the last hour. And uh, Matt, try not to cry. I know it's tough. But Jim Harbaugh has agreed to terms with the, not San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers to be their their new head coach. Yeah, I feel like everyone slips that every once in a while. It's hard with these teams all moving around. But yeah, undisclosed the terms of it yet, but it sounds like it's a five-year deal, possibly what we say, um, trip through a what's the correct not six digits nine digits nine figures nine figures there you go nine figure means it's going to be a hundred hundred million plus and if you think about it what i'm thinking they're going to do is make him the highest paid and i think belichick was making 25 million a year wow so i think it's going to be somewhere around that hundred million at the five years it's gonna be about 32 a year so i mean That's crazy. I mean, it, I feel like it wasn't that long ago where, who was it, John Gruden and the Raiders? He got like a 10-year, $100 million deal, and we thought that was crazy. But now the Harbaugh seeming to probably break through that ceiling. And we were talking about it a little bit right before we launched. I mean, guys, like when you, when it comes to coaching in the NFL and coaching in college, there's really no comparison. You don't have to do any recruiting. You don't have as many rules and worrying about – getting violations and investigated and suspended unless unless you really fuck up but <laughs> you can <laughs> you can you certainly can i mean ask bill belichick and uh he's had a couple of gates that he's had to navigate through um don't know if he ever got punished for any of those i don't know i can't remember but mr t while uh while we got you man like what were what were your initial reactions to seeing that hiring happy i'm happy for him i think he he was i I think it's been almost 10 years at Michigan. My dog's barking. I apologize. It's been about 10 years at Michigan. He won us our national championship. He came back, did what we wanted him to do. Uh, I mean, for me, I think he's one of the all-time great Michigan coaches. I think the story is really cool as far as playing quarterback for Michigan, coaching them to a national championship, and then getting drafted and playing for the Chargers and now coaching them. And who knows, maybe winning a Super Bowl. But um, bittersweet. I think bittersweet would be the best way to – kind of corny like it sucks i think it's we saw kind of an example of what michigan could do when harbaugh was suspended and uh the offensive coordinator pretty much rallied the team to i think three wins it was or something like that so it sucks but uh excited to see what michigan does as far as you know getting somebody to fill that little bit of a that void that's gonna be there it's gonna suck man not seeing those khakis and those weird ass fucking one-liners but i don't know we'll see yeah, it's crazy. I wonder how much fallout that's going to have for Michigan. I mean, when we saw what was it, Saban retire, a lot of players decommitted from Alabama, started entering the transfer portal. I don't think it was a crazy amount, but that's going to have an impact on recruiting. I mean, those guys who wanted to go there and play for Jim Harbaugh now are looking at the prospect of playing for another coach. So I, I expect that'll probably happen with them too. But if, if nothing else, I have to believe that he built a culture there. I mean, he just got them a championship, first one, and they've won before, right? His first one in a long time. Uh, right? First one in 30, 30 years around that. So they have won it, but yeah, it's been fucking it's, long. It's over been there. a minute for sure, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not nothing though, but that that should be enough to to carry him over and, and hold him down. Mike, you got a little bit of, of Michigan ties. You almost attended. What do you think of this hiring? You know, I feel like it was just kind of only a matter of time. Just with the success that Jim Harbaugh had in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers. And he's headed back to California, right? I mean, Inglewood's not that close to Santa Clara in the grand scheme of things. But he made the right decision for himself, I think, because the Los Angeles Chargers over the past two years for sure have not hit the mark for their talent base. And they got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Justin Herbert. So hopefully he's going to be able to work his magic. I would be okay if they had success because they're an AFC team. I don't really, it doesn't matter to me, right? They're not in our division. If he were to go back to the San Francisco 49ers, then I would have had some more issues on that kind of stuff. But I remember, I think the last round table we did when we were talking about the possibilities and, you know, Black Monday stuff happening, some guys leaving, openings that were coming up. I think specifically that was right after Belichick had announced that he was retiring as well. But your brother, Matt, said that he didn't think that Harbaugh was going to leave. And I was completely on the other end of that because what's going to happen with the sanctions if he stays around and sticks around at Michigan, right? Like, is he going to get another suspension? Is it going to be longer this time? Is he going to be out for the year? So he did what he had to do. He took Michigan to the mountaintop. So it was almost kind of like time to say your goodbyes and move on to greener pastures because... It's literally greener pastures with the amount of money that he's going to make, man. Wild. Yeah, and that that the payday alone is enough to, I think, convince anyone to go. It's not like he was starving at Michigan, but this is just a whole nother level. And I mean, for all those reasons we said, I mean, you don't have to recruit. In a lot of ways, it's a lot easier. You're coaching men instead of boys. Not to say, you know, 20-year-olds aren't men, but there's there's some growing pains and bigger roster for sure i mean what they carry some like 100 players on a college roster versus the the 53 man you get down to in the nfl so all in all i'm with you guys like i'm not super surprised about this move either the chargers job is somewhat attractive i mean you got an opportunity like you said my great quarterback in justin herbert and and some other pieces i mean it sounds like eckler might not be back if i'm remembering correctly uh keenan allen isn't getting any younger but I'm sure there's going to be, just like in college, there's going to be players that want to go play with the Chargers and be coached by Harbaugh for sure. Um, and that division, man, I mean, of course you got the Chiefs. They're on top of that division still, I think, even after this move. But they've not had an easy ride through the regular season. Looking pretty good now in the playoffs. I think Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is just something else, a type of performance and consistency we haven't seen since probably a guy like Tom Brady, if we're being perfectly honest. But I don't know. I mean, when you look at the Raiders and the Broncos, the other two teams in that division, the Broncos are just an absolute dumpster fire right now. Who knows what the hell they're going to do? And the Raiders are just consistently bad. I don't think they've had a good team in my lifetime that I can remember. I I mean, I, that's probably not true. But in the time I've been paying attention to football closely, they have not been very good. So plenty of reason uh, for Chargers fans to be optimistic today, I'd say. But let's roll into this uh, conference championship weekend talk. Uh, this last weekend, we saw the Baltimore Ravens beat the tech, Houston Texans 34-10. to So they'll advance to take on the Chiefs, who beat the Bills 27-24 to in a heartbreaking loss for the Bills. Wide right, once again. And if you know Buffalo Bills lore, you know how much they hate the phrase wide right. Mike, you and I were watching that game with VSP Tallman. He had a little bit of skin in the game cash-wise. And... 
you know, it's hard for me to feel too bad for the Bills because with the amount of time left, even if he makes that field goal, I am fully confident that the Chiefs would have marched right down and kicked the game-winning field goal anyway. Worst case, it goes to overtime and anything could happen. But we'll start there. I mean, who do you guys like in this matchup between the Ravens and Chiefs coming up on Sunday? Jeez, that's 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 tough. That's tough. I think it might be. I think this. For me, like honestly, I know divisions, like conferences suck. So like that bothers me. But this could be like a Super Bowl. Like it honestly is that good. But uh if I had to pick you yeah, gun to my head pick, ah, I'm probably fucking going with the Chiefs, dude. To be honest. Like I, I get it. I get it. Uh I just I I think there's so much to like around Pat Mahomes playoff. Like that it just him in the playoffs is a whole different animal. The way he just plays, rallies that team. I think Travis Kelsey definitely steps up a little bit. I think he plays a lot better too when Taylor Swift's there. I dropped the Taylor Swift here. Sorry. I, I know you don't do want it. To, I know Somebody don't want had to, to do it. it. But, hey, it's uh, in the title, the Swifty Renaissance. <laughs> yeah, <Mike. it's, laughs> but uh, I just think, I think overall, man, that team is just a great, they're just so fucking good in the playoffs. And it's just every, they just get hot. They get hot at the right time. I know that's the thing people say you, you get lucky when you get hot. So, I'm going to go Kansas City. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be something similar to the Buffalo game we saw. But uh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to ride with the Swifties, baby. Ooh. So this one is really really hard for me just with the way that Baltimore has been playing. You think about what Lamar did against the Texans, you know, 16 of 22, 152 yards and two touchdowns through the air. And he also has 100 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Sounds like he's going to be probably the consensus MVP pick this year, right? I mean, he had a career high in passing yards, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, closed in on a thousand rushing yards as well. But their ground game, I just think, is lethal with Lamar at the helm. And it seems like they haven't really taken too much of a beat off of the path with Mark Andrews going down and Isaiah likely really stepping his game up at the tight end position. I mean, he's been stellar. He's been a stud. And it seems like he can actually kind of get more jump balls than Mark Andrews had as Mark is starting to get a little bit younger. But as much as I say that, I think I have to go with uh, Mr. T, man. Like, until the Chiefs prove us wrong, like, I can't pick against him. And it sucks, man, because I want to. I really, really want to in my heart of hearts, especially since this is only going to be Patrick Mahomes, what, second road playoff game ever? I think so. Which is wild. But he's also played in every single AFC championship game in his career that he's been a starter. And they just find a way. And guys continue to to step up, right? Travis Kelsey struggled throughout the season, has two touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco steps in, almost has 100 yards and a touchdown. I know he's dealing with a little bit of a toe, but it sounds like it won't be an issue. And then Mahomes is just always magic, man. So until they prove me wrong, which it sounds like next year, I have to go with the Chiefs. And it pains me, Chris. It pains me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if, I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, it's hard to disagree, right? When you look at everything Patrick Mahomes has been able to do, the resume he's built, and I mean – you kind of said it. He's only had one road playoff game. This will be his second. So technically, what he, that makes him one and zero in road playoff games. And it's funny. I was even listening to the guys on the radio talking about it today. It is kind of funny the way 
that quarterbacks get judged off the wins and losses because it's a whole team effort, right? There's 11 guys on each side of the ball, and the quarterback's just one of them. But Patrick Mahomes, I think just, you know, the quarterback is able to elevate a team, and Patrick Mahomes is definitely one of those guys. I think when we look at this matchup a little more, like you're talking about two future Hall of Fame head coaches in John Harbaugh and um, Andy Reid. So the coaching alone, I think, is going to make this a good one. I think that's interesting, that CBS Sports article you brought up there. What were they predicting? The Ravens just absolutely blowing out the Chiefs. Did I see that right? 49 that what it said? No shot. Uh, the 2024 AFC Championship game picks from experts on 48-19 roll. I think I'd have to read it a little bit more. I think that's just from the title, the total amounts people have been picking, and they've they've got forty eight out of oh, like they're experts. Like I see, yeah. I don't think they're saying that the Ravens are going to blast them (laughs) out the water like that. No, no. I was going to say that would be insane. That would have to be an extreme collapse by the Chiefs. But even more, like like I said, diving into it, you talk about Andrews and the impact he had for the Ravens. It sounds like they're going to be getting him back for this game. So to add him into the mix, I think does kind of give the Ravens a, not to say they give it a a bit more of a fighting chance, because I think Lamar Jackson already does that just by himself. I was not fully, I guess, maybe aware or willing to accept just how good Lamar Jackson is. What he's able to do with his legs is just incredible, unstoppable. I mean, he's what, 6'2", 6'3", and fast as fuck, man. He can just zip right up the middle and bust a 40-yard run out on you like it's nobody nobody's business. And he's not one of these guys like Josh Allen who's doing a slide or a fake slide. Like, he's going to try and bulldoze you over when he's rolling down the field. And I mean, that is a bit scary. I mean, we kind of saw what happened with Robert Griffin and, and his career when the, when the at the time, Redskins were rolling him out there, having all those quarterback options, having him scramble. And it kind of shortened his career, in my opinion. But let's be honest, Lamar Jackson isn't RG3, completely different players. As it goes towards this game, though, I I think I'm with you guys. I I always give the Chiefs a fighting chance, especially this time of year. And experience is worth something at the end of the day. These guys have been there. They know what to do. They know how to do it and can't ever count them out. But I think the Ravens are hungry. So this, honestly, I expect it to be the game of the week. And it's crazy because it's the early game. It's going to kick off at 1 p.m. Sunday, Arizona time. And uh, I'm going to be watching. That's for sure. But the afternoon game, I guess that's already in the afternoon. But the late game, I guess you could call it, is going to be the San Francisco 49ers, not the Giants, taking on the Detroit Lions, the darling of the NFL. Uh, I guess you could call them a Cinderella story, even though they're a three seed. And uh, I I mean, I want to dive into that, but I got to ask you guys just to react to a signing they made earlier this week uh, to their practice squad. I was giving him a little bit of shit last week, but a one Zach Ertz is now on the roster for the Lions. Do you think that makes any difference, Tallman? Uh I mean, good for him. I mean, I'm. I think I like Zach Ertz. I think he's cool. I know that he his wife's from. I think she's from Tempe or went to Tempe or something like that. So, uh, I, I think he could be a great like mentor for Laporta. I think that's a cool cool thing maybe you can teach him a cup but i think as far as him being like super impactful and being like the zach Ertz on the eagles during their super bowl stuff and all that i don't think you're gonna see i don't think you're gonna see that i think he might be a little not out of shape but to get up to nfl speed like it's it's tough so um i think they'll 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 utilize him they'll implement him into the game plan somehow to where he's 
he's getting a few looks or at least a couple of targets. But uh, I'm happy for him. I think that's cool because I honestly don't think he's gonna play after this. I think this is it. I think this will be his calling, you know, last curtain call. So uh, good for him. I hope they go far. I mean, I like Detroit. So, but uh, yeah, good. I was going to say, as far as Detroit, yeah, it's the Cinderella story, right? It's a franchise that has been in the dumps for a number of decades right now. What, the only franchise that ever went winless in a season as well? <laughs> this I, I love NFL fans because this is kind of taking a little bit of a turn here, guys. But, you know, it seems like everybody can go against the Cowboys. And I was seeing things that basically people were saying, man, we lived in a lifetime where the Lions went 0 and 16 and went back or and went to a conference championship before the Dallas Cowboys ever went back to one from the 90s. Isn't life grand? But hey, it's a Cinderella story. I mean, they're running into a real tough, tough matchup with the 49ers, having to go on the road as well. But they have some great weapons, man. Like Jameer Gibbs is finally stepping up. We know David Montgomery has been their bell cow back all season long. Amon Ross St. Brown is continuing to cement himself as an all-pro player on a continuous every single season. Just count on it, man. He might be my keeper next year, Chris. I, sh- just don't tell anybody else. I've heard but, you say this about five <laughs> But hey, to go back to what the other thing that we were talking about is, one guy I'm definitely not keeping is Zach Ertz. I do hope that he gets in there and maybe makes a catch or two, give him another opportunity to make another run. But I'm with Matt. This is the last hurrah for him because I don't know what other teams really have a place for what he can do. Just unfortunately with his health issues that he's had to end his career. So good for him. And I am rooting for the Lions in this one, obviously. We don't want the Niners to do shit. No, absolutely not. And and not just for that reason alone, but I honestly, I think I give the Lions a bit of a chance in this game. Like you, you're naming all those pieces they have, Gibbs, St. Brown, even Jared Goff has stepped up and been pretty, pretty solid. It's crazy that he was able to go through his former team, the Rams, get that win. Then they beat Tampa Bay in a, in a shootout, but got an eight point win. That was real good. And the 49ers, man, they barely squeaked by Green Bay. They were losing that one late. Christian McCaffrey was banged up, rubbing his knee, massaging his knee, having the trainers rub it, using the massage gun on it. So I, I, he's certainly not 100%. Brock Purdy is starting to show cracks in his armor. Love the guy as much as I can love a 49ers player. Debo Samuel went out in that last game. So who knows what his health is going to be like. George Kittle is probably one of the most inconsistent tight ends in the league, whether that's his fault or not. But the the Detroit defense is no slouch, and they got a great coach in Dan Campbell. I, I really like the job he's done with this team. So don't don't count the Lions out just yet. I mean, I know the script has been leaked as people are memeing about that it's going to be a Ravens Niners Super Bowl. If you read, have you seen that? Like the logo from the, from the logo colors. Yeah, they're yeah. wild, dude. <laughs> They'll find anything, man. You gotta you gotta read between the lines. Everything's scripted if you really think. think about it. Yeah, those are the dudes that think Earth's flat. Oh, like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Wait, the Earth's not flat? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, but to tack on before we move on, as far as the Lions defense, I saw a crazy stat line, so I just pulled it up. As far as Aiden Hutchinson's last four games, fucking bonkers. He's had, over the last four games, eight sacks, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sacks, one forced fumble, 20 combined tackles. 
So, I mean, as far as us maybe seeing a little bit of that, I, th- I think it's this little infatuation everybody has with fucking Brock Purdy. It drives me fucking nuts. I get it. Great quarterback. Like, I think he's a very, like, I, I know a lot of people are like, well, you can't just plug anybody in and do it. But, like, I honestly don't think he's, like, as great as everybody. I think once he gets a little bit of, you know, a little Aiden Hutchinson in his fucking face, it might be a different Brock Purdy, man. And like you said, Christian McCaffrey is rubbing his knee and stuff. So, like, that's that's his bailout. Like, that's literally Brock Purdy's, like, best friend, wife, girlfriend. That's everything to him on the football field is Christian McCaffrey being able to do those little dump outs to where he's – because I honestly, I think that's how he got all these fucking yards, dude. Like, I'm curious to see yeah. what Christian McCaffrey's yards are receiving. It's like watching uh, Tom Brady at the end with the Buccaneers and they had – a. What's his name at running back? Leonard Fournette. That dude really yeah. killed me in fucking fantasy because he had like 11 catches for fucking 60 yards on <laughs> a PPR league. So I honestly think a lot of Brock Purdy's success, I think he's talented. You have to be talented, obviously, to play in the NFL. But I also think there's a reason why he was fucking drafted last. Didn't play at a great college. And I think you're going to, I don't know. I'm curious to see. I think uh, the Lions defense go fuck him up. I hope they do. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I don't disagree at all. Like I was saying, he started to show some cracks. He had that horrible game on Christmas against the Ravens where he threw, I think, four interceptions. Didn't look great in this game against Green Bay. I mean, you're absolutely right. You take him out of the 49ers with those weapons and you put him on a Washington team or shit. I don't, I'm, I'm blanking on a, another good example at the moment, but you put him on a team with less weapons and a, a growing team. And I think he's just, you know, a, a good a good quarterback for sure, but I wouldn't put him up there with a lot of the quarterbacks remaining. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Patrick Mahomes by any means. Well, and I think to kind of go back to what Matt was talking about with Christian McCaffrey being that safety blanket, I think that is the same with Debo. And right now he's questionable, right? I mean, what was it saying? Uh, Matt Barrows of The Athletic, he said, he was a non-participant at Wednesday's walkthrough, but he was seen working on the side, doing some full-speed sprints during a portion of the session that was open to the media. So I think if he's hampered in any kind of way because the way that they work him through gadgets, right, they get him on end-arounds, they get him into those shallow crosses, same way it can, can kind of work into dump-offs, right? It's the safety blanket. And if he's not 100%, man, you might – you might get a little bit. Uh, you, you might get a little bit more tough action coming at you. But man, Aiden Hutchinson, Matt, isn't it crazy? Like uh, over years and years and years of the way that people and the experts talk about the NFL football, they say you got to work on the the trenches, right? If you're good on the trenches, everything seems to kind of follow suit. And for Aiden Hutchinson to make such a huge impact in what, just his second year on the defensive line? It's like really changed a lot for the Detroit Lions, hasn't it, man? I think it. I think his success and especially like the success of that defense epitomizes when they say defenses win championships. Like if you have a good defense that can keep you in the game, keep the other team to maybe 10, 14 points, like you're going to be in the game. If they can get the ball into your offense's hands, which they do, pretty regularly i think detroit's in top 10 as far as i just i it it is it's 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 cool it's like another it's one of those great stories you have the hometown michigan kid born in michigan went to high school in michigan went to college in michigan now he's fucking bringing detroit back like it's 
he is literally for me, and I know it's gonna be crazy because he is NFL's LeBron James as far as the story. Like he has that potential to be that same bringing the like if he does that, dude, he is literally bringing the championship back. He is such a vital part of that fucking team. You have the Jared Goff, Amon Ron Saint, whatever, and then fucking Aiden Hutchinson. Like that's for me, those dudes, I'd be like, fuck, that's literally their team. So I think he has that potential to be and that's the story. Like, I don't think they're talking about it a whole lot. I think the NFL is caught up in fucking Kelsey ripping his shirt off, carrying little girls to meet Taylor Swift and stuff, which really cool. Like that's fucking, I love seeing that because Kelsey's one of us, but uh, man, I just wish they would talk about that more. Cause it's such a sick story to see this homebred kid go to home, his hometown college, bring us back to relevance. Like, honestly, he was a huge part of us being where we're at as far as Michigan. And then now, you know, with Detroit. So it's cool, man. I hope they, I hope they talk about it and I hope they fucking win, but I also want to hear Lamar Jackson speak. So I hope Baltimore wins. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like Lamar's fucking dope, dude. That dude is so, he is so cool. Cause he is so against like when I was growing up playing sports, like I played quarterback and stuff. I, my dad always said like, <laughs> you couldn't talk like that like you can't be like that like you have to be articulate and fucking enunciate stuff and then you have dudes like lamar jackson coming and fucking lighting the league up and stuff and he's talking like a kid from maryland <laughs> like he sounds like he's from baltimore so man i don't know it's gonna be so fucking fun i'm so sad to see the nfl slowly ending now though so we'll see speaking like that just reminded me have you guys ever seen that video of that kid from uh I don't know if it's Baltimore or just Maryland, but he's like Aaron, Aaron, and Aaron, Aaron, or something. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's great because he sits there and he like hears himself, and you hear the kid. He goes, "Wait." He goes, "We fucking sound like that." Yeah, it's so funny. Like it just takes that like moment of realization. But no, I, I can always get behind a good story, man. And like that, that would be really cool to see. To be honest with you guys, like either way, I, I mean. It, okay, so as we're kind of, I think we did our predictions on the last round table. Honestly, not too far off. Mike, you had the Cowboys, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I I think a lot of people are seeing the writing on the wall. They're predicting Ravens Niners, but whether it's Raven, I mean, I don't know, guys. Like at the, as it stands, like I just want to ask you. Like I mean, I know we were kind of making our predictions. You guys said Chiefs. Sounds like we some of you guys think the 49ers might pull it out, but who do you like if if one of if of who's left, who do you like to take it all right now? Oh that's another hard one, man. Because I think all four of these teams, obviously they're there for a reason, but they all bring different aspects to the table. And it's like when and any certain day when you come into a matchup, it's like if it's clicking, these guys can be unstoppable. Um, I think. Once again, I, I just got to go with what I said, and I think I have to double down on it. I have to go with the Chiefs until they prove me wrong. At the end of the day, are they the better football team than probably the Niners or the Ravens? Probably not, but they've had the most success in the playoffs. They have a bunch of guys who have been there, done that, and they know how to fight through adversity, and they figure out ways. Like you said too, Chris, if Buffalo hits that kick – there's no way in hell that Patrick Mahomes doesn't take them down and win the game at the end anyways. And Tallman would have been crying to the bank because that huge bet that he put would have hit. So did he have, I, he had, did he have bills? He, no, he, did. He, he did the, what is it? Touchdown and field goal for each team in each half. Oh shit. Yeah. So, so if, if Detroit would have hit that kick, 
and then Kansas City would have got it back and went down and hit another kick, it would have hit. Oh, and and we're sitting there, and as the Bills are lining up the kick, your brother is sweating. He is sweating. And Mike, <laughs> Mike turns to him and he goes, Tallman, he's gonna hit this kick, and then the Chiefs are gonna go down and kick their kick. You got this. It's money in the bank. Oh no. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, so, I mean it was a matter of seconds, dude. I kid you not, like less than 30 seconds between when Mike said that and the kick went wide right, and we were stunned man and it was funny because there was some uh some probably like 12 year old kid in the booth by us wearing a patrick mahomes jersey doing the gritty or some shit um i just i hate to see young kids in arizona wearing other markets jerseys but dude as somebody that has a kid who's nine years old that like looks up to kids and has like a fucking kyler murray fucking poster in his room like we watched that quarterback show like I fuck with Pat Mahomes. I think Pat Mahomes is a great, I think he, he teaches a lot of like that when you're on the field, dude, you're on the field to fucking be a a maniac. Like you're not who you are with your kids and your wife off the field. Like you go out that locker room and you've touched that fucking grass. That's what I'm trying to teach him. You're a different person. When you step off that field, you go be nice and stuff. But like, I just, I don't know. I, 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 no, I think that's a great point because, like, a lot of people, I think, lose sight of it. Like, when these guys step onto the field, they're going to work. That's their job. Like, they don't have a nine to five. They're not sitting in an office. They're training year round and throughout the week, studying film. Like, a lot of people don't even understand the behind the scenes. They think they just show up to a couple of hours of practice and then play the game on Sunday when that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, I know you always see stories of. Well, maybe maybe that's what Manzel is doing, but you, you see the guys who do that, you see where they end up. They're they're on the couch, they're living in they Scottsdale, they get really good at golf. Yeah, it's it's what happens. But no, Mahomes is definitely one of those those rare breeds. Kind of again, I hate to keep making the comparison, but kind of like Tom Brady, who was a hundred percent locked in all business when he was on the field, and not always the nicest guy either. Mike, it looked like you had something to say there. Oh, no, I was going to say, I feel like we hit the Swifty quota as well already because Matt pulled it out twice. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. So I think we did it, Chris. All right. We should be, I, we should be proud. We should I, be guess, proud. I guess I have one last more. Just one, one more, one last. That doesn't make sense. But one more to add to it. Yeah, it works out. You know what I mean. Um, but it, Matt, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of this picture I saw earlier in the week where it was, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Kelsey, the... Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. Yes, thank you. It was Jason Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and the the caption was "America's sweetheart and Taylor Swift." <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man. When like good. when I saw that, I was dying. I was like, "This guy is he's fucking awesome." Like he, I, when I saw the video of him like climb out the booth, I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" I was like, "He's like, what are you gonna say?" It's Jason Kelsey. Like I saw him talking to like a security guard or something. I was like, "Yeah, that guy. What you gonna fucking tell him? He's a drunk." fucking offensive center he'll kill you <laughs> yeah i remember seeing a video earlier in the season where he after a game he and someone else a teammate were like walking back to the locker room with their helmets and these two dudes in the stand were like jason you want a beer you want a beer and he's like oh what you got what you got and he literally like grabbed the coors light or whatever cracked it and started drinking it on his way to the locker room like he is genuinely one of us it's hard to not like jason kelsey i mean now that he's retired really i mean how could you hate a center to start with <laughs> That's he's not actually officially retired. Like, is that it's real? Did, like, it's, did he announce it though, or was it just the leak from? Shepard I heard. Where I, people were like, "Oh, thanks, 
Thanks, man. You didn't even give him a chance to say goodbye. I thought I, I saw on his podcast that he was talking about it. He was like getting all teary eyed, a little yeah. misty eyed. Yeah. I mean, dude, I like both the Kelseys. Like, honestly, I think their story is super cool. I think them going to Cincinnati, I get it. I think lately everybody's just sick of the fucking Taylor Swift thing. So I think they get sucked into that, which obviously happens. She's like a fucking black hole succubus of men. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Can you imagine the next? No, Ooh. oh, dude, they're gonna get married. What do you mean? There's gonna be a little baby Travis Kelsey Swift. Oh, on. my lord, but uh, I, I mean, like that them, makes dude. sense. They're they're both in their mid 30s, so yeah, dude, the, the best was them talking about their dad because their dad doesn't get a lot of spotlight. Like, I saw a clip of them on their podcast talking about their dad, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, was that the one where he was like, because their last name was originally like Kels, I think, right? And like, I don't know if that's true, like, that's how it's actually like traditionally pronounced, it's just Kels or something like that but then they were like dad why did why why did you like switch it to kelsey and he's like well that's just how people kept saying it and i didn't feel like correcting them so like slowly over time i don't know how true that oh. is but I, I saw that clip <laughs> no that's they're they're a cool family man they, they love their parents they're good guys like they're gen you know i've never heard anything bad about them it's like the same thing yeah with people. not controversial well, like, really well yeah and it's like when people talk shit about like lebron james like oh he's a blah 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 it's like dude that guy is like the greatest fucking dad i've ever seen and he's never had any sort of like real like kobe bryant controversy like he's just been i just slide into a few dms here and there but if that's the worst thing you're doing then i mean eh, i eh. mean dude if i was lebron james i'd be doing it too <laughs> he's like ah Bronny got a hold of my phone it wasn't even me <laughs> yeah no I, I i agree though like it's it, it's hard to not like those guys i'm I will admit I don't like Travis very much, but I think a lot of that is just like because he's, he's so damn good. He's that's very why, good. You know, he's very good. You've like always been that guy, man. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> he's a good tight end, man. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, he's the probably. I mean, it's crazy that him and Gronk are like the same age, but he's like right up there with him as like and Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, I'd even put him in that air. Antonio Gates. I mean, he is one of the, one of the greatest tight ends that that we've ever seen. Ditka. No, I'm just kidding. But Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. There you go. How many tight ends can we name? Go. But uh, um Rob Howsler. <laughs> you like that one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. He went to the depths for that. Oh man, but we're uh we're we're gotten uh, we're gonna have plenty to talk about uh once this weekend shakes out and probably do I don't know if a Super Bowl preview or some type of stream talk about i don't see why not let's fucking do it um but one last nfl related topic i wanted to get your guys opinion on i don't know if you've been hearing the rumblings but it sounds like one mr clifford kingsbury will be making his way back into the league hard to say what team that'll be through he has has interviewed with the bears sounds like he's going to interview with the eagles and the steelers as well and if i recall correctly possibly the raiders yep for the the role of offensive coordinator however raiders Dude, could you imagine how much fucking pussy that dude would slay in Las Vegas? Oh god, that's such a good-looking motherfucker. He looks like he's hammered. Like every dude is the best. Every like season or every game, like him on the sidelines, uh, Alexis would be like, "He's looking okay, like this week. Like he looks a lot better than he did last <laughs> week." And I'd be like, "Like what do you mean? Like he just? She's like, he just always looks like really disheveled and like just fucking." And I looked at him. I was like, "Yeah, he looks fucked up because he's like." What did I always say he looked like? Like what? What did I always say Cliff looked like on the sidelines? Oh, 
a scared pussy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because he's out in Cambodia doing blow and like banging hookers and doing crazy shit like that. Right. Like the, the man is enjoying his life to the way that his, uh, his discretion, I guess. But I'm glad you brought it up, Chris. I am kind of at, I'm kind of at the point where I hope he gets a job, man. I honestly hope he gets a job to see if he can be any kind of success at the thing that he probably should have been instead of a head coach, right? Just focus on that side of the football, running the offense, and not trying to do too many things all at once. I mean, in his one year with USC, obviously, you know, it's it's kind of skewed based off of having probably the best quarterback in college football and Caleb Williams there. But USC did average 42 points. I think we had talked about it. Like, it wasn't the offensive side of the football that let USC down. They started 6-0. and They finished 2-5 and because of their defense. Their defense was horrible. So, I- I'm kind of okay. Like, give them a shot. I- go to uh, Las Vegas. See if it works. You know what, Chris, though? I really hope he hopes he goes to the Steelers. So, then you can still have him stuck over you like a rain cloud and then we get to we just get to continue to bring it up to you and say hey buddy how's things hanging over there in pittsburgh for you you know mike i might have to i might have to make the full conversion and uh become a cardinals fan full time if that happens (laughs) i don't know um i don't i'm kind of with you though i do want to see him get a job i want to see what he's made of i mean it's hard though because like at times, sure, the offense in Arizona with him here seemed to be humming. We had, what, that – was it a 10-0 start that one season? We're rolling pretty good. And then things just fell apart, and I think a lot of that had to do with him just being overwhelmed trying to play OC and head coach at the same time. So if he just has to worry about one side of the ball, that's, I think, probably a lot of stress off his plate. Maybe he won't, won't look so scared on the sideline. But, I mean, Matt, you're right. If he goes to Las Vegas, a lot of times you worry about the players having too much of a fun timeout. Um, if you have to worry about your coach being in the casinos and uh, the strip clubs and whatnot, that could be a, could be a whole other factor. P- Pittsburgh might be a safe city for him to not get in too much trouble. Pittsburgh's boring enough for him. But <laughs> that's no, I want to see him. I want to see him go somewhere. I think he... I think he's a great football mind. I just don't think he's a good fucking head coach. I think the dude, when he just tries to do too much, he's he just gets stretched too thin. And but like you said, we did start great. Like we had some really good times, like really good times. It was like almost one of those like abusive relationship where like you think about it, but you like <laughs> like during it, you kind of know, like you're kind of like, uh, like I probably shouldn't be in this relationship, but you only focus on like the really good stuff that's like what it was but i think i think his this year at usc obviously them i think they went seven and five or something like that so not a spectacular year as far as usc standards go but uh i don't know i i think vegas would be good um i i think the best fit it would be really cool to see him in pittsburgh not just because of i think he's i i I don't know. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. Let's say let's say he goes to Pittsburgh. I don't think the Bears are taking him. I think the Bears already hired somebody. There was talks of him getting somebody hired. So um, I thought it was gonna be the Bears originally because of Caleb Williams, him coaching him at USC, give him that familiar face. But I mean, who knows, man? The the coaching carousel is so weird uh, as far as it goes. And we saw this year with all the retirings from people. Pete Carroll out of nowhere. So 
Um, we'll see. I want to see Cliff Cliff somewhere though. I think he's I think he's ready. I think he's coming out of the the hookers and blow and all the drinks and everything. He's coming off the island, but man, the pictures of him that island he was at, I was like, shit, I'd quit my job and go out there too. <laughs> yeah. So, no. <laughs> But we'll see. He'll. I think he'll do good. I think if he's given the right tools and uh, can figure out how to change his game plan in the middle of a season when it's not just the same fucking... I think if he doesn't have Rondell Moore, he'll be good. Because if he has Rondell Moore, he just dump passes it to him every fucking play. It drives me nuts. So we'll see. Yeah, and if he does end up with the Steelers, I'll be interested to see what he can do with Kenny Pickett. They got some good receivers. I really like George Pickens. Um, Pat Fryermuth, of course, another good tight end. He's not up there with the other guys we were naming off uh, in that that you know list that we were go- had going there. And Najee Harris, of course, he's uh, been up and down. I, I don't want to call him a bust just yet, but I think a better situation for him than than it could be elsewise. But let's go ahead, keep things pushing. We were going to talk about the NBA, and it's been a week. It's been a month, and we always say, um, not just us, everyone says the season really starts after Christmas, and here we are almost exactly one month since Christmas and things are starting to get rolling. The Suns are on a six game win streak. Mike, is that right? Seven games, six games going for seven tonight. Kind of off to a slow start though. We're down 17 to nine against the Mavericks. No Kyrie, but of course our, the thorn in our side, Luka Doncic is playing and, and healthy. So We'll see. It's funny because they were asking, I think, Kevin Durant about this yesterday, about the the narrative and the you can call it a rivalry between the Suns and the Mavericks. But when you really take a step back and look at it, the teams are completely different from what they were. I mean, it's pretty much just Devin Booker that's left from those those playoff exits that we had. No Chris Paul, no Monty Williams, of course, no DeAndre. And we'll talk a little bit about him before we get out of here. But yeah, I'm going to be going to be interested to see uh, what happens in that game. Um but yeah, so so far, uh, the trade deadline, I think, is February 8th, if I'm remembering correctly. So coming up in just a couple weeks here. But we've already seen some moves. The Indiana Pacers added Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, just earlier this week, we saw Terry Rozier heading to the Miami Heat for Kyle Lowry. Um, he was coming from the Hornets, I believe. And then uh, the Knicks were the first, I think, to make a move in acquiring OG Ananubi. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, he's kind of elevated that Knicks team that already wasn't doing too bad there with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. So some shakeups, some interesting moves. Mike, which one do you think is going to have the biggest impact for the respective team? So at the end of the day, I still think it has to be Pascal Siakam just because of you know, you're talking about a guy who is a borderline all-star for the past three, four seasons, you know, ever since he definitely was a key contributor for that Toronto Raptors team that won the championship with Kawhi Leonard. And they've kind of gotten the short end of the stick right off the start with this trade because Tyrese Halliburton has been out. So they started 0-3 with him so far. So you you see, you can't just look at the box scores and what's happened in the games. You have to think about overall grand scheme type of things. I think when Tyrese Halliburton comes back, Indiana will continue to kind of push their pace. They'll get out of the play-in area right now. They're in the seventh spot. I do like what Ananobi has done with the Knicks. Um, A nice addition. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction, right? You know, a lot of people questioned R.J. Barrett and, you know, his true skill set for being a third overall pick, and he just never met up 
we know New York has a lot of high expectations. But I think right now, when I go down to it and we're looking at the end of the season, I think it's going to be Pascal that ends up having, uh, you know, the biggest impact at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, you Adam, like you said, to Tyrese Halliburton, already a pretty good team there in Indiana, and they a piece they needed. I, I you can say in a lot of ways the Rozier Lowry swap. I think Rozier is better than Kyle Lowry if I had money on it. But again, a team that was just in the finals last year, so how much of a shakeup did they really need to make? And then the Knicks and OG Ananubi, I think the Knicks are just going to nick, man. I just I don't expect them to be a crazy playoff team or anything. But what Jalen Brunson has been doing for that team is nothing short of spectacular. He's putting up numbers every single night. And you would think, or I would have thought, you know, just a year ago that Julius Randle was the best player on that team. But honestly, it looks like it might be Brunson at this point. Uh, Mr. T, would you agree with that assessment that Siakam is the, the biggest move here? I... I honestly, I'm probably going to steer away from that. I'm going to say it's the Terry, the Terry trade. I think, I think Miami is already pretty successful. I think they're missing that one or two couple of pieces as far as somebody that can kind of score or bring that type of scoring to it. Um, I don't know, dude. The New York Knicks, I, I have a couple of friends that live in New York, so I hear about you know them talking about them. Brunson has revitalized as far as like people's interest getting back into the getting back into watching because like mike said they're them new york fans they you do bad you you lose a lot a lot of bandwagon fans there so um i think they're gonna do what nicks do i think they're just gonna be like chris said nicking it (laughs) so um but yeah i think the terry the terry trade i pulled it up because he's actually playing tonight so he's actually already playing um he's got 12 minutes uh three rebounds one assist five points so I think he's averaging right now about 20 plus points a, on the season. So I'm going to go with that. And I also think in the trade, they gave a first round. They gave a, a draft pick. If I'm, correct. I think you're right. A first round. I think, I think, I think there was something tagged onto it. It was interesting too, to see Kyle Lowry delete everything from social media uh, right before. That's how I kind of caught wind of it. I was like, Oh shit. I was like, I know Kyle Lowry, like looked it up and stuff. I was kind of surprised he's still playing. What is he like 38, 37? So that's probably why they had attack on that that pick, but I think it's I think this is Miami's big swing to kind of be like, all right, we're we're gonna try this year. Like this is gonna be with Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam. Like I think this is I think they're fun uh, as far as games that are exciting to watch. I fucking love Jimmy Butler. I think he's a clown. So um, a super talent, <laughs> super talented guy too. I like yeah. him when he played for the Bulls. So um, I'm gonna say that one. I think it's gonna be interesting to see if Miami can kind of replicate and finish it. So. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, when you add a piece like Terry Rozier to a team that's already good and already been there, uh, it, it only makes him better. And I I'm I haven't been high on Kyle Lowry as a good point guard in this league. Serviceable role player, sure, but is he the guy that you want leading the charge at the point guard position? Probably not. Terry Rozier is just going to elevate them even more. But guys, I expect some more moves to come and possibly some moves here locally. I will uh, touch on the controversial rumor, but first, another rumor that's been swirling is that Grayson Allen might be a piece that the Suns look to move to acquire another player to add to Durant, Booker, and Beal in that order. Um, Mike, do you think that the Suns should look to move Grayson Allen for the right piece, or has he made enough of a contribution so far where we need to keep him on this squad? You know where I am at, Chris. So once again, I'll say it for the people. We riot 
if Grayson Allen is moved. This guy has just been too consistent. He's one of the best NBA three-point shooters right now in the league just from stats. I mean, it backs it up. I mean, he set the franchise record twice this year with eight three-pointers made in two games. So, and while we've been going through these tumultuous times trying to figure out where guys need to fit, where they need to play, what lineups work the best, all Grayson Allen has done is ball and and played his position and worked his way into this lineup to be a huge contributor. I, I don't know what big other pieces you can get back because I think I'd be scared if you were to trade, say, a Grayson Allen to go get – I know the some of the rumors that have been coming out are Royce O'Neal or – you know, looking for a bigger, uh, maybe another backup like Nick Richards from Charlotte. I pray to God those Mile Bridges rumors aren't true either. But, you know, if if I'm thinking that Eric Gordon has to be kind of the primary two guard or three, wherever you want to say Devin Booker sits at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm a little scared. I, I don't trust Eric Gordon enough for his consistency. And he is on the older side of 30. So, He's had some good games, right? Don't get me wrong. Eric Gordon has filled it up. But it's like the Jay Crowder experience all over again, Chris. I mean, how many times have we seen him go one for ten? More often yeah. than that. And Grace yeah. Allen really hasn't done that. So I, I just love everything that he's done for this team so far. And they're finally catching a rhythm. And he's just filling in right alongside the big three where he needs to be. It's, it's really funny how the attitude really shifted so quickly with a guy like Grayson Allen, where a lot of people were rolling their eyes when we got him. He has a pretty strong stigma in the league for being a bit of a dirty player. I, I think, you know, I do understand a little bit of it. He's playing hard, maybe some frustrations and maybe doing a bit too much out there. But I haven't seen, uh, from what I've seen this year, it seems like a, a more mature Grayson Allen. I, I don't see as much as that type of stuff anymore. And when you're scoring and actually contributing, and he's had to step into that starting role a lot this year with Booker and Beal being out at different times. I agree with you, Mike. We we might have to riot if they trade Grayson Allen. I don't think it even matters who they get in return. You almost have to try and give up another piece, whether it's Little or Eubanks, or I don't even know who you could get rid of. I don't, I don't think Eubanks is in there because he's one of those guys on the, this one-year prove-it deal. But it's just it's tough because this, this, we've talked about it, man. The Suns are kind of handcuffed a little bit with the moves they can make being up against the salary cap, having – blown out the luxury tax this season and having very little movable contracts when it's all said and done. I, I wouldn't honestly be surprised if they say down pat and, and don't end up making any of these moves. Uh, but Matt, if you had an opinion, you know, one way or the other, I want to let you speak on uh, Grace and Allen real quick. I, I think I was like the majority of Arizona fans when I heard Grace and Allen, like I, when I read like the trade and I was like, Grace, I was like, God fucking damn it. I was like, why do we have Grayson Allen, man? Yeah. It's like, what? It's like, what's he gonna do? Pull some Duke boy dumb shit? So, um, yeah, I I was very very skeptical. I did not. I honestly thought we were gonna like get rid of him, trade him. I did not think he was gonna really stick around. If I had to guess, but man, has he been fucking fun to watch? <laughs> He's been a lot of fun. I watched him fuck last week go ape shit. He balled out like a madman. Had. I think it was like 25 26 points made i don't know how many goddamn three pointers and then the other night i watched eric gordon lay a fucking egg and have like four points miss i don't know how many fucking three pointers and then yeah i i think i think we let it sit i think we finally got the big three they're back we're healthy let's 
and we're seeing that we're seeing what we can do with this foundation where we're winning six and this is what we wanted this is what it was this was the we just i say we let it simmer we ride it out we let this this team kind of become a really good cohesive group which they're starting to but uh i just i don't know who we get that can kind of match those numbers or match that production as far as stepping in to be that role player or to fit in when you know that's been kind of the kryptonite for us was like our our bench like the starting five was good and then you hit the bench and i was like oh shit like (laughs) we're a little we're a little bad after like six seven so um i just i want to see us i want to i want to keep the tripod i want to keep the three uh and then just ride with what we got man i think it's a really good group i think they all enjoy playing with each other um i'm with you guys man i think this is crazy that i'm gonna say it but if the Suns got rid of fucking Grayson Allen, I'd be a little pissed off. <laughs> I'd be a little upset. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. He's been fun, dude. He's been, and he he plays hard. He plays really fun. He plays like he's at fucking Duke. Like if I like literally like, he still plays like a college kid. He plays like he loves the game. So, uh, yeah, I'd ride. I'd be upset. I like Grayson Allen. Oh, the tides have turned. You love to see it, man. <laughs> it's a, it's a great point though. I mean, if you do make a trade you kind of throw another wrench in the chemistry they're starting to build. And that's what we've wanted this entire season is for this team to start to gel and get that play time together. And cause winning is fun. You know, Kevin Durant hates losing. We've seen a lot of talk about his posture, Booker's demeanor, whatever it is. And so if you get rid of a guy like Grayson Allen, no matter who you bring in, that's just another guy that has to learn where his spot is on this team. I, I wouldn't hate to see Eric Gordon go. Wouldn't be sad at all. We wouldn't ride if Eric Gordon ends up off this team, but Mike, I, I'm glad you kind of teased it there. That's the, the the big rumor that's come out the last couple of days is the Suns being linked to Miles Bridges and talk about rioting for very different reasons. There's a lot of upset Suns fans. I mean, you know better than anyone having him on your fantasy team that he has been putting up numbers, he can score, plays decent defense, but comes with a lot of controversy around him. Uh, for those of you who might not know, I think it was this last offseason, he was uh, arrested, I think, on domestic violence charges and pled no contest, had some probation, and then I think even a violation. He didn't show up for his court date or something like that. So maybe as far as character goes, not the most savory player. Um, and we got rid of Jason Kidd for similar reasons. Do you think the Suns would make a move to bring a guy like that over? <sighs> I mean, it's it's hard to say. Obviously, Matt Ishbia is still so new. I, I don't think that he would be that kind of a guy who would just be – like, he reads the room, right? Like, he's not just, oh, you're good at basketball. We're going to do anything we can, even though it seems like that sometimes with the amount of money that he spends. But he's worked with James Jones to create a team and f- try to fit puzzle pieces together. Guys, at the end of the day, I don't think there's much we have to say about this. We understand that these kind of situations are unacceptable as men, right? It, it's it's not okay, and it would just be an unnecessary headache at the end of the day just to get a guy who can maybe average 15 points and seven boards for you. Like, bigger than basketball at the end of the day right now, and especially with him not having things solved. and you know, what's going to happen. Probably not going to get any jail time or anything like that, but the unnecessary headaches, the extra, the extra, you know, curricular kind of stuff, the flying rumors, more pieces being written about your team. 
putting those kind of questions out there to thinking is are the sun's front office really doing these things for the right reasons that's the last thing that they need to deal with after all of the bullshit that happened with robert sarva right you gotta fly it's almost like you gotta fly on the straight and narrow for a good amount of years to get that stench away from your nose so you don't want to get anywhere near it so that's it's it's it would not be okay, Chris. At the end of the day, Chris and Matt, it would not be okay if the Phoenix Suns made a move for Miles Bridges. I, I agree with everything you said there, man. Like I do not want to see him in a Suns uniform. I don't care who they give up. I don't care if they give up a vending machine to get Miles Bridges. I don't want him on this team. You, you got, I mean, Kevin Durant uh, for all his criticisms, pretty high character guy, very uncontroversial. Devin Booker, super high character guy. He's always doing stuff with the fans, giving back to the community, keeping a low profile, not getting into any trouble, even despite having dated a Kardashian for a little while, excuse me, a Jenner, whatever. It's all the same. But if that's your biggest controversy, that's much less than domestic violence charges. And I agree, 100% unacceptable. Not a guy I want anywhere near my franchise, no matter how good he is at basketball. And I imagine, Matt, I don't even have to ask. You probably would, would agree with us here, right? No, nah, dude, we should trade for him. <laughs> yes. Nah, he's that's got why we got size, Green D. He, he is a blocking bucket. I, I just ordered his fucking jersey. Um, no, nah, I just... People like this, man, it fucking makes me so goddamn mad that, like, people like that get paid millions of dollars and have this great platform to, like, maybe do some semi-good shit. My dog's freaking out again. But uh, I just... I can't, I don't care how fucking good you are at anything. I really don't. When it comes to certain things, like I understand some things in your personal life shouldn't trickle over. Like you get a DUI and you're not trying to fight. Like it's your own personal thing and you're not like doing crazy shit. I understand there's repercussions, but you shouldn't lose your fucking job. You beat your fucking girlfriend and have to get a 10 year protective order placed against you. Yeah, dude, you did some, you did something. So I think it just, it's a cancer, man. I think guys like that can't get out of their own way. They start to pull people in. I know I said it with Taylor Swift being a succubus. Guys like Bridges pulls dudes in and they just, I don't know, man. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see that. I hope Ishvia doesn't do that. I hope we, like you said, he's a smart guy, man. I think he, he can read a room. He can kind of see, he, it's not like he doesn't understand technology in all these little forums and stuff where people are talking like he probably has people looking at these things that see these and see what the fans are saying and stuff so like i would be i think it's just it's a it's one of those things and if you google miles it's so many different trade rumors so i think it's a it's one of those things where you just got to write the story and kind of put it out there get some feelers get some clicks but uh yeah man i just i just can't get behind that dude that's that's a tough one that's a tough one and I think it says a lot that the Hornets are even trying to unload him because when you're a young rebuilding team, I mean, Miles Bridges is 25. You got LaMelo Ball there. You're trying to build something. And the fact that they're willing to get rid of him, I think, says a lot. But it also it makes me a little bit mad when we're looking at the hypocrisy of the league because uh, not even a direct or close comparison. But when you look at a guy like Myers Leonard, obviously not probably the caliber of player as Miles Bridges, but he said an anti-Semitic slur on a live stream didn't even know what the word meant it's just a gamer word that he heard growing up not an excuse you gotta you can't be that ignorant but 
at the same time, he's out of the league, man. He's not playing on any team right now. And again, my Myers Leonard is not Miles Bridges, but the fact that teams are still willing to take players that have these types of accusations and things going on, it's crazy. I mean, we again, look at the NFL, look at what happened with Ray Rice. I mean, pretty much ended his career, but I'm pretty sure he got another chance after he was on video punching his wife in the face. So it's just crazy to me. I think that's that's got to be a reason why the Hornets are moving off of him. And uh, whatever team does end up trading for him is going to have a lot to deal with in the, in the public eye and, and the, the perception of it all. But hopefully we don't have to worry about that. I'd hate to be back on a live stream talking about miles bridges, but guys, we got a few more NBA related topics before we get out of here. So Mike can get some dinner in him. Um, this last couple of weeks man, has been some high scoring performances for individuals in the NBA. We saw Booker last week put up 52 points in a game. Like I said early on, Kevin Durant back-to-back 40-plus point games, had 40 on Sunday, 43 on Monday. But the big story in the league, the two big stories, I guess, were Joel Embiid hitting 70 and Carl Anthony Towns hitting 62 in a loss to the Hornets, hilariously enough. But, ah, God, is is Joel Embiid going to win MVP again? I think that just seems to be the route of the NBA game nowadays, Chris. It's like if you get one, you're getting them back to back, but you're never getting the third, right? That's one thing that the voters don't like to do. Whereas last year, Nikola Jokic probably should have got his third. You just look at this game. Obviously, they're playing the San Antonio Spurs, who are an absolutely real rebuilding franchise, struggling. They do have Victor Wenbanyama. We'll see how his career pans out. He's been doing some real nice things to start, uh, but it's not turning into wins. But yeah, franchise record, shot 50%. And Bede's always been known for a guy who get to the free throw line. I mean, he got 21 points from the free throw line as well. But then he also added 18 rebounds. So he he does it all, man. It's, it's incredible to see him. He trusted the process. And he... <laughs> The fruits of his labor are coming to him in single accolades. Unfortunately, it hasn't been transitioning for the team completely. He's had some heartbreaking losses in the um, in the playoffs, but awesome, man. I love seeing big guys go and get it because you know that it's, it's a guard-dominated league at the end of the day. So there are a few who can really get it done, but I think my favorite one – that you were saying too, Chris, is the Carl Anthony Towns situation where he basically got called out by his coach after the game for stat padding, and they lost that game. They were up by 18 points. I don't think he even played the end of the game, right? He finished the game on the bench. And his coach is giving him shit after he set himself sets a franchise record for most points in a game. But yeah, those ones always get asterisks because if you don't pull the win out, and you didn't do what you needed to do to get your team that W becomes the saddest 62 point game ever, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, those games are certainly not as impressive. Uh, I mean, what I think Devin Booker had his 70 point game himself and that came in a loss to the Celtics. So I don't think a lot of us really look back on that with fond memories. That was a really bad Suns team too, to boot. It's funny, though, Joel Embiid, I don't think, had any three-pointers to get his 70. He had, like, 21 free throws. I think he had one. He only had one. one. Yeah. Whereas Carl Anthony Towns in his 62, he had 10 three-pointers that he made. Sheesh. 
So, I mean, that's a way to shoot big man. It is crazy that these big guys are able to stretch the floor like that. Kevin Durant's no, no shorty either at 6'10", 6'11", whatever he's officially listed at these days. But Matt, to rope you in here, uh, what would you say is more impressive? Maybe Valley biases aside, is it Embiid putting up 70 against a pretty bad Spurs team or Booker scoring 52 against the Pelicans who are a playoff team if, if the season finished today? Uh, I mean, putting fandom aside, I think seeing a, what was it? Did you say 20 free throws? It was what he had. 21, 21 made, I think. Yeah, out of 21. Of, uh, 21 out of 23. Oh, there you go. So a big man that can shoot from free throw. Um, I think it's just, I think the consistency with Embiid, as far as him having done it, and man, I don't know though, dude. I enjoy so much watching Devin Booker that it's so hard. It's a, I know that it's what was it, fifty-two, and he didn't even play the fourth. He didn't finish. Yeah, I think he only played three quarters. To no, get he he did come back in. Didn't Kobe Bryant do that too? He did come back in, but they didn't run too many, too much action to him. And uh, I think oh, he only took two shots, and he didn't, he didn't hit any of them. Oh, but, man, yeah. they should have, they should have let him pull the uh, the cat and start shooting ten three pointers from. <laughs> he could have gone seventy again, maybe. Oh, dude, I've always wondered why they don't let him do that. Um, man, probably Embiid. I think not shooting threes. He just he's got the like. It's just it reminds me of like the old school kind of like where you got to like work a little bit. Was it fifty points from the field then? If he's only shooting one three with 45 then 46 so he's getting down low i'm sure how many rebounds was it i gotta pull that up so it's just it's i mean yeah i'm gonna say mb because it's so much more that he does too and i think he is going to be the mvp i think that's just kind of how it works it's either him or joker so <laughs> but uh i think that's a little more impressive i think they should have let book just ball out i think it would have been cool to see him do more than i think he had three points is what it said so um i think seeing the dude that's going to win mvp do it was pretty nice uh cats it was interesting to see them kind of say that about him padding the points but uh i don't know i've seen i've seen crazier stuff happen so but carl yeah, anthony towns is a bit of a clown i mean i know Embiid's a memer and a jokester but he, he seems to take it serious when he's on the court whereas cat doesn't always seem like he's the most serious guy even on the court and it's funny because that night where you had a 70 point game a 62 point game and durant putting up 43 Nikola Jokic put up 42 himself that night and it kind of, you know, goes under the radar and that's kind of to be expected from him now to have over 30, you know, 40 so points depending because he's like the main guy there. But it, I will just continue to emphasize it's really crazy what these big guys can do um, in, in relation to this topic. While we get close to wrapping up here, I wanted to show, share a couple pictures with you guys and get your opinion on this because I have a pretty strong opinion. So everyone has has seen this picture, right? That's Wilt Chamberlain. 100-point game, grabbed a piece of paper in the locker room. I don't know if it was him or someone else. Iconic picture, right? So you got that. So now, anytime a player puts up a good amount of points, we have to see some shit like this. Corny, right? Am I am I crazy? Is it not fucking corny? If you don't score 100, why are you doing that? I hate it. I'm 100% yeah. with you, man. There's only one person that could have done that, and that was Kobe when he got his. So, yeah, I don't. It should, it, this this reminds me of all those fucking pictures you're seeing of all these kids standing there watching the other team celebrate on the field with like the confetti. Oh, Stefan like, Diggs did irreparable like, damage. That's what I'm saying. And like, that's what this, it's kind of like, all right, we get it. Like, 
it's cool. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a little fucking corny. Like it's cool. Like good for them. I think that's super fucking impressive to score that amount of points and in any level of fucking basketball. So to do it in the NBA is cool, but like. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like if unless there's three digits on that piece of paper, put that shit down. That's what it is, man. It has to be three digits, or else you're not honoring it properly. Correct. Yeah. Because if I so should I go out there the next time that I have a real nice night? Maybe I've been struggling forever. I drop thirty four. Can I pull out a piece of paper and say, "Hey, man, I bet top I score of the year." Shit. I mean, you like your, you and your car after why? Yeah. Playing <laughs> I get it. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to call back to one of the biggest, the, the most famous pictures of all time. I get it. But it's just not in the same class. It's not. 30 points off is not. So we shouldn't be doing this. But I guess what else do you do, right? There's, do you have somebody? Nothing. You don't have to do anything. You don't, you don't have to do shit. You like, sign the ball, take it home. Yeah, sign the ball, maybe picture it. with the game ball. It's funny, Matt, like you mentioned the the Stefan Diggs and like how championship losers now just hang out on the field and cry and get that picture so they can hang, I don't know, motivation maybe. it's It reminds me of like when teams win the championship, they do the Kobe Bryant hugging the trophy, kissing oh, it thing. Yeah. It, it's the same exact thing. It's like corny. It's like be original. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like right maybe like donovan mitchell's fucking boats he's wearing on his feet there maybe he writes 71 on the on the tip of it and he holds that up or something (laughs) you got options but no we just do this every time and i just think it's so cheesy man i i can't stand it and i I love (laughs) devin booker look at how young book yeah i I was thinking that too right it's crazy Crazy. oh chris you you taking jabs at the the donovan mitchell's man (laughs) Throwing shade at it, Adidas, man. Good, I love it. They're good outdoor shoes. I'll say that. I got the, uh, I got the. Uh, oh, what are they called? The threes. I forget what the technical. The Don issue. The Don, Don issue threes. threes. I got those. Yeah. I didn't like playing on them indoor. They're a little slick. Um, I think I'll stick to Nikes when it comes to hooping. But it's an, that's a past the outlet kind of conversation, Mike. And uh, we're gonna have to have one of those pretty soon here. Yes, sir. But uh. Guys, I think we got to wrap this up, but real quick, just got to know what you think about the DeAndre Ayton story that broke this week. He did a sit-down interview with some reporter and on his Substack. And uh, do you have the quote here? Um, basically, yeah, he said he's a max player and he has nothing to prove. And he followed that when that story came out and that news broke. He followed it up with a five point seven rebound performance. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Holy I mean. Shit it's funny. I was hearing people talk today about like what, like if you're Portland, what do you do with Deandre? And because he is a max player, do you try and trade him? Does anybody want him? And if not, do you look at just like straight up buying him out doing a, what do they call it? A, a cut and stretch or a wave and stretch where basically you do the Dodgers thing and defer his cut salary down many, many years down the line. And we could see Deandre Ayton go the way of Greg Oden and for a different reason, just because he's bad, be out of the league. But I mean, all I have to say about it really is thank God that dude isn't wearing a son's uniform anymore. Cause could you imagine if this exact story broke while he's still on the roster with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker It would be bedlam. It, it, it'd be a huge yikes. That's for sure. And I got, I got some things to say about this, but I do want to ask Matt, do you think the biggest issue with Deandre Ayton is that he really just can't get out of his own way? Because I think I hate- all the talents there, right? Dude, he he has the he has the talent. 
like he has those little like the the Geno Smith flashes is what I always see. He has those flashes of where he's like this great. You're like shit, dude. Like DeAndre Ayton can play fucking. And then he has these days where he played like he's my size, and it drove me fucking nuts. But like that, just reading that and just like. I'm so goddamn happy he doesn't play for the Suns anymore because he drove me absolutely insane with how he played. Yeah, I think this dude is literally his worst fucking enemy. He, like that headline says, but that's precisely the problem. Him not thinking that he isn't, like he's not good. He's not, he he's not terrible. Like he's serviceable is what I would say. Like, I don't think any, like, I can't justify any team giving a max money. Like, I don't think he's done anything to prove that, but yeah, this dude is literally his worst enemy. And I think, I think we could see, see him out of the league shortly, like honestly, or see him playing at some diminished role or who knows. I don't know as far as how those contracts work. Cause I know once you kind of hit that level, you're guaranteed a certain amount of money in the NBA. So I, I don't know, man, I just, you look at his numbers, it's, it's worse than when he was on the, on the suns and, he was pretty lackluster for us for the majority of his time. Like I said, there were flashes, but yeah, he just, he needs to hire a life coach or somebody or hey, he needs to just have like a long fucking Bahama, Bahama, whatever the hell Bahama fucking intermission and just talk to himself in the mirror and be like, yo, you have a problem. Like that's like literally the first, the first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> A bohemian intervention. He needs to <laughs> yeah, have what... have some people in his corner to sit him down. No, I, I'm like I want to hear what you have to say, but I just think he uh, he would have a lot of fun dominating in China or Australia because it doesn't seem like he's having fun in the NBA right now. He can go team up with Demarcus Cousins, oh, Dwight Howard. So, guys, the biggest thing, right? When this trade was made. And I'm sure that a decent amount of Suns fans were still in the boat of wishing DeAndre Ayton success because he was a vital piece to that 2021 NBA Finals run. We cannot forget about that, right? The way that he played against the Joker in that semifinal round and, you know, did his be- did the best that he could against Giannis, but Giannis was on a warpath that season, right? But the way that we looked at what was happening with the sun, se- sun season this year to start, where we said, well, it's too early. We got to give it some time to start fleshing things out, was kind of the same way I was looking at DeAndre Ayton because you're in a brand new system. You're in a brand new place. Everything has changed for him from what he's done for five years, right? You're changing where you practice. You're changing where you eat. You're changing where you sleep. It's a change to your psyche. So you have to give it some time. But that time has passed. Right, The same way that we were talking about the Suns needed to kick things in gear and start figuring it out is what DeAndre Eaton should have been doing. Once again, we knew that Portland was going to be a really bad team. But it's not translating into any kind of wins. And he's getting worse. He's getting worse based off where he started. Right, He's averaging 12.5 points and 10.3 rebounds of 53% field goal shooting for the season. Over his last 10 games, 7.7 points, 6.3 rebounds, 37% from the field. The guy is lost, and he keeps putting himself into the limelight when he doesn't have to. Like, most of the time, everybody's just like, oh, there's DeAndre Ayton over there. He's trying still, I guess. He's not the number one overall pick. We knew that. But then he comes out, and he's like, yeah, that's why my nickname's Dominating. Or, yeah, I don't have anything to prove. I'm a max player. It's like, dude. 
do yourself a favor and just like at this point you just gotta go to work like keep the sound bites to a minimum because now you just are a clown like he's losing respect from NBA fans all across the world who still were holding on a threshold of hope that he was going to be able to have a breath of fresh air after he was traded to Portland because it was absolutely needed from the reports that we need that we've heard about is Devin Booker was done with them right there was no repairing the relationship it was time for him to go so you would think at the end of the day, you're going to have a brand new place to go to be the face, what it seemed like he always wanted, and he doesn't know how to get out of his own way at the end of the day. It's yep. just really, really sad to see. And I'm disappointed, to be honest with you. I'm disappointed that he still just isn't getting it. No, 100%. And I'm one of those suckers who kind of bought into that like new environment, having him maybe be the centerpiece that he always wanted to be. I thought he was going to have a good season, you know, be that 2010 guy that we always hoped he would be in Phoenix. And so I drafted him to my fantasy basketball team. And now I might have to cut him. I might have to cut him. We have an eight man league. Rosters are pretty deep. I got to make some room. I got to make some room. If DeAndre Ayton's only going to get me 10 points a night, I got other centers on my bench who can put up way more. So I'm done with him. I don't, I don't give a shit about DeAndre Ayton. Honestly, I don't even wish him well anymore. I just think, like you said, Mike, he's an absolute clown. I, I say Carl Anthony is a town. Carl Anthony is a town. Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns is a clown. Um, but for totally different reasons. At least he can back it up and actually put points on the board and, and grab some boards, which is something DeAndre Ayton just can't do. But, guys, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, our Valley Sports Plug triangle here. Uh, we're going to have to do this again real soon. Uh, before we get out of here, Mr. T, is there anything you want to get off your chest, sports-related or otherwise? Man... I might have to go pour one out for my boy Harbaugh in Michigan. It sucks. It sucks. That's shitty, dude. It's like, it's like, like I said, like breaking up with the girlfriend and she's going to like date this successful guy and you like see her on Facebook and she's like, fuck, man. Like, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her. <laughs> After you go through the stages of grief, you're like, yeah, you know, oh, dude, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I, happy. Shit, I, I still cry. Like, I'm going to be so upset, but right. we'll see, man. It's We'll see. We'll see what the Chargers do. I'm excited for the Chargers. I'm excited for Chargers fans because I think that this, that's been what they've been waiting for. I think they've been a head coach short. I think the talent's there. The head coach was a fucking joke. So let's go. I'm, I'm on Harbaugh train, man. Um, I might buy a fucking Chargers jersey and replace the manzel so hey like mike said earlier is afc team so we don't gotta worry about it too much i'll be i'll be curious to see what they do but mr benjamin what do you got for us so looks like the suns are down quite a bit right now 16 points about seven minutes left in the second quarter still got some time obviously they made some huge comebacks over this past six game streak it's been real nice to see the big three actually play together guys <laughs> like it's been nice. It really has been nice. Uh, super excited for this weekend of football, man. I think these are two of the best matchups that we've seen in the last couple of years, to be honest with you, and some great storylines. Keep an eye out. We're going to be hitting everybody with a Suns recap, I believe, on Friday, and also stay tuned to Instagram on Saturday. We're going to be giving away Suns versus Lakers tickets. We'll go ahead and say it, man. So make sure everybody... You keep an eye out for that. But Chris, Matt, always a pleasure. The big announcement, Mike. I love it. Going to be some intrigue to get those tickets. Might be the last time you get to see LeBron James. Who knows? Maybe not. 
hard to say, but tell your friends, tell everyone about it. I think that it's a very exciting time in sports this time of year when you have the NFL season winding down, leading up to the Super Bowl here in town. We're going to have the Phoenix Waste Management open coming through. That's always a party and a fun time right right there to coincide with Super Bowl weekend. The NBA season is right in the thick of it where every team is trying to jockey for position, make a playoff push. The trade deadline's coming up the beginning of February. And right around that same time of the NBA trade deadline, I think Valentine's Day is when a lot of teams are going to have pitchers and catchers reporting for the MLB spring training getting underway. Of course, if you've lived here for any amount of time, you know Arizona is the place to be for spring training action. You can catch a lot of good baseball games, see a lot of prospects, catch some autographs. So hopefully I can make it out there and we can get some content for you. I say that a lot, but hopefully I mean it this time. But guys, been a lot of fun. If you're listening back and you've made it this far through the podcast, thank you so much for listening and being here. Thank you to Mr. T Jr. for joining us and being a great guest. I think we might dub him a regular I think he might be a regular. (laughs) He's on the list, baby. Let's go. On the list. Hey, Mr. Benjamin, always a pleasure as well. I'm, of course, Chris Patrick, and we'll see you next time. Peace.